0: are confined in many places of the world. We wanted to provide you with a daily podcast in partnership with Radio Alhara, emitting from Palestine. Our ambition for it is not to add to the saturation of information we are currently experiencing, but rather to propose a daily extension, 15 minutes of our political imaginaries. The concept is very simple. Every day we ask one person the same question. What is for you a moment of true decolonization? The answer can be a historical moment, or something they witnessed, something heroic and grandiose, or rather discreet and mundane, a durable blow to the structures of colonialism or a short instant of liberation. While we are recording this podcast in privileged conditions of confinement, Keep in our thoughts the multitude of people around the world who do not share similar conditions or have no choice but to risk being affected by the pandemic because of criminal policies that have to do with neoliberalism, carceralism or colonialism. We thank you for listening and wish you and your loved ones the very best wherever you are. Hello everyone and welcome to the Daily Finambulus Podcast. My name is Margaret Waku, and today, for our 23rd episode of our daily podcast, A Moment of True Decolonization, I'm very happy to welcome Joy Mboya. Joy is the executive director of the Go Down Arts Center, which is a leading non profit multidisciplinary arts facility in Nairobi and Kenya. As a trained architect, performer, and cultural activist, she has led the Go Down Arts Center's development as a site for artistic experimentation cross sectoral partnerships and creative collaboration and in addition she has led various ambitious cultural programs in kenya among other the annual nairobi white festival that connects culture and city finally joy's strong dedication to the development of the creative economy in kenya has been widely recognized and awarded for her outstanding leadership within the creative industry so hello joy and thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today so i'll just basically go straight to the point what is for you a true moment of decolonization?
1: Allow me not to speak to a defining moment, a definitive moment of um, decolonization uh, per se, but rather to, to share um, decoloniality as a process in relation to our work and practice at the Godan Arts Centre. Of course, I agree that there are moments, there are projects and initiatives that concentrate and capture um, and encapsulate very clearly this this notion, this concept of decolonizing, um, but i will I will speak about process because I think that ultimately uh, to decolonize is to recalibrate at many different levels. I like to think about our work um, within the frame provided by scholars of coloniality, where they talk about three aspects of coloniality. One aspect being the coloniality of power, um, another aspect being the coloniality of knowledge, and a third aspect uh, being the coloniality of being. At the Godan, I think we we have experiences that um, highlight or illuminate all of these points um, quite clearly. With regard, to the fu- with regard to the first point, which is the um, coloniality of knowledge, I think that perhaps the biggest experience there, the clearest experience, is that experience of the funding relationship um, for culture between the North and the South. When you look at the cultural organisations on the African continent, um, many of the prominent cultural organisations on the African continent, Um, there is a significant amount of support uh, and resource that comes to them from foundations, uh, development partners, or cultural um, funding partners who uh, are based in the North or in the West. This is a problem in the long term. In the short term, I think it has provided value uh, in enabling spaces like ourselves to first of all establish to experiment to find uh, the best way forward to to seed to seed ourselves in other words to begin to to begin to 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 build uh, or develop roots within our context but for the long term it it is a perpetuation of a cycle of dependency if that relationship is not one that will allow or enable or empower um, the organization towards sustainability. So what are the practices that will mitigate this? I think our experience is at many different levels and in many different ways with regard to this first point. So the first one is around the partnership itself. 16 years ago when we first started, I think it is interesting to see how the language of partnership has shifted. I think when we started 2003, one spoke of donors for the cultural sector, one spoke of um, donor funders, and I think now we talk about partners and we talk about partnerships. I think there's been a shift, an external shift, among some donors, some funding partners, uh, to begin to think about the beneficiary, the arts organization that they, would, that they partner with, that they support, that they resource, as a partner. And what does this mean? This means that they care um, to understand the context that you operate in, They care to understand the decisions that you need to make. They care to understand how you prioritize your work. And they care to think with you around a sustainable future. So the language is now a language of partnership. We have, um, over this decade and a half of existence, very deliberately began to think about who we partner with, who are our partners. So we are making a choice around um, getting into bed with uh, those who will empathize with us at a real partnership level rather than purely resource and expect visibility and expect reports and expect um, uh, 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 an accountability that is not sensitive to... Our own wish to um, become sustainable in, in, in the long term, so that's one aspect of of a decolonizing process that is that is that is underway, um, one where partners are shifting, but also ourselves as, as an organization internally becoming a lot more intentional about who we partner with. But the other process around um, uh, this particular point the coloniality of power, again, is an internal process. And what it does and what it means is that organizations like ourselves have to begin to think about why there is no resourcing from the local, why our local governments or our national governments are not putting money into our activities, why our communities are not putting money into activities. And so what this means then is that we also need to engage in the space of advocacy, and I think you'll also notice, perhaps, that a number of arts organizations are very much involved in advocacy around policy um, in their countries or in their cities. Um, and there also uh, a number are beginning to be engaged in looking at local philanthropy, endogenous philanthropy for the arts. And again, I see these as processes of, of um, decolonizing. The second point, which is the coloniality of knowledge. Now here, we're talking about, in relation to the arts and culture sector, I think we're talking about um, arbitrating uh, taste, art uh, appreciation, we're talking about curatorial practices, we're talking about um, art critique. Now when you think about this, to critique something, to curate something, to make a selection around something, to appreciate something. These are all founded on some kind of epistemic foundation, some sort of knowledge base. And again, the practice, um, if you're looking at the whole idea of coloniality, the practice is still very much influenced by ideas that come from the Western canon. Now, how do you decolonize that? There are many different ways, I suppose, but one of the ways that we have attempted and continue to attempt, and I'll give an example of an exhibition that we run. It's an exhibition that has um, judges who basically curate, make a selection from from submissions from artists. They make a selection of pieces that will form the annual exhibition that we call Mangiano. And then at the same time, they will award, they will give a prize to the pieces that they feel um, are meritorious that year in some way. Now, we don't give them any guidelines or any criteria for judging, because this exactly is the problem. Where do we draw those criteria from? What are our sources? What is what is what is the basis of of generating or drawing up? guidelines and criteria. So we leave it open to the judges. And we have tracked over the decade that we've run this exhibition every year, we have tracked the sorts of decisions and selections that they've made to try and see whether we can begin to get a glimpse of what is informing the thinking of judges. And these are locally based judges who are making selections of contemporary art in a contemporary nation. I think one of the interesting things for us to see is that almost consistently they are looking for different new visual voices, if I can so describe them, that speak to the current state of contemporaneity, but also begin to provoke Or give a suggestion of a future, a future, a future sense of self, a future cultural self, um, if, 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 if I can so describe it. So, the process of decolonizing in this sense, of decolonizing knowledge, is is a learning process for us. It's, it's experimenting, it's trying out things, it's reading into things and then trying to see whether a pattern forms and whether that pattern um, begins to be a, a, a sound um, springboard for now beginning to generate uh, the guidelines or the criteria or the, the, um, the basis of how we look at things and select things and curate things. Now, the third point is the coloniality of being. Now, this one speaks to everybody's sense of self. Who are we? And are we, are we at par with each other? Or are some beings more superior than others? And in that case then, um, are, are, is everybody else not, not real or not true or not valid? I think when we look at the communities that we work with, as the Godan Arts Centre, we find that we work with um, communities that are disadvantaged. Some of them, communities that have a lot of resources. Some of them, um, a very diverse community. And even without projecting ourselves on a global stage and saying, "Well, okay, how are we? How are we compromised um, in terms of in terms of?" Uh, in terms of how we are perceived the lens or the gaze that comes to us from from uh, a western perspective even before we cast ourselves out there we within have dichotomies we have we have power plays internally as well that that um prioritize some and that diminish others so one of the things that we uh, trying to to, to to unpack as an art space is how do we empower the actualization of all of these plura- pl- 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 pluralities of self? All of these pluralities of self. How do we empower these? How do we, how do we foreground all of them? How do we allow that they're all present? We try to do this practically through a festival Um, again, that we run annually in the city of Nairobi, where the residents of the city themselves um, curate a week-long festival that is a projection of their own markers of identity and value. This has been very interesting to us. Some of the things that we've seen and and began to understand um, is, first of all, just the space of presentation. When you ask a community to curate its own festival, and you see where that festival plays out. Then you see the festival plays out in the market, it plays out in the street, it plays out in the social hall, it plays out in a school. And so we then have to ask ourselves how the institution and the physical space that we occupy as the Godan Arts Centre, how does it relate with that curation of space in the community. What does it teach us? What does it tell us? What direction, what new direction does it point to? The other thing we've seen with these community festivals, um, again which is interesting for us, is that they, they follow the rhythm of community life. So to give an example, a community might curate a full day of activity, but when we participate in their activities it's interesting to note the range of 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 the, the the demographic spread of audiences across the day in one community we noted that from mid morning to about lunchtime when they started their activities um, the the audiences were predominantly young men and a few older men. There were no women to be seen but then as mid afternoon came on, you began to see the girls and you began to see the women so clearly there is some role and responsibility that the genders are playing that influence the rhythm of life and the freeing up of time to participate in the festival that is the result that we saw. And so we ask ourselves as well, as an arts institution um, that is located physically somewhere and that programs things um, each day or each week, and puts a time against the programs, what lessons does the community teach us? And for us, this connection and this learning from the community is part of the process of, of, of decolonizing. It's part of the process of, of really trying to, to, to um, understand the, the, the value and the place um, that we hold and that we bring into, into community. I think, I mean, generally, I think that it's, 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 it is next to impossible, I think, for any arts organization on the continent, ours included, to not be a part of the process of nation-making in this sense, that nation-making is knowingly or unknowingly a process of decolonizing. As you try to really, truly find your independence as a nation, you are engaging in a process of decolonizing. And all of those constituents that form your nation, art spaces included, are engaged in that process. And so that's why I say that um, that uh, rather than discuss a, a definitive um, uh, moment of decolonization, I think that a discussion of, the process and the discovery of processes of decolonizing um, are, are very important uh, and, and, and actually very interesting for us.
0: Thank you so much, Joy, for sharing with us these insights of decoloniality that relate to the three very crucial aforementioned aspects of power, knowledge, and being in which you explore in the context of Down, Nairobi, and Kenya at large. Please do take care and stay safe.
1: That's all for today. Find us tomorrow again for a new episode as part of this daily podcast series. And if you're a subscriber to The to remember that you have access to every single article we published in the past in their online version on our website. Thank you very much and take care.